The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Beyond is brought to you by ForHims.com. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com. Do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond! 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 We're back! Yeah! Beyond! Beyond. What's the name of the show? Is it Beyond? I think it's Beyond. Welcome Beyond. to Beyond, episode 545. My name is Max Scoville, and I'm joined today by Brian Altano brrr, brrr, and Barrett Courtney. Poop to scoop a whoop. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> wow, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how... I don't know how we're this energetic, yeah. but we are. <laughs> we are. And we're there's actually, it. there is some stuff to talk about. There's some very cool stuff going on. Uh, we are, again, we are uh, getting very, very close to E3. There's a lot of huge stuff on the way, uh, which is good to get excited about it because it's, yeah. it's fun to remember that half of the games that are coming out this year, we may or may not know about already. So The cool thing is we're getting announcements and not just leaks. Yes. Yeah. Year. They're like controlled leaks. They're like yes. a good steady stream. That's gross. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So like right off the bat, I want to talk about this. Uh, Bethesda... Is teasing something that looks very, very Fallout related, uh, and they put up they put up the the Fallout test pattern mm-hmm. that said "Please stand by," and the internet crapped its pants with <laughs> excitement. Uh, and we don't we don't really know what's going on. Yeah, so. I didn't. I I've seen that like in a million cartoons growing up. I never really knew what it was called. It used to be it would have like a na- uh, like a native, uh-huh. and then it would just be like this like blaring noise. But it's basically it's a circle with some numbers in the yeah. corner, and it's like when it's something- like a more professional replacement of like the color bars. The color bars. On, on it's right. when something well, it was broke what on predated TV. the yeah. color bars. But I mean oh, okay. that used to be. I mean this is hard, crazy to think about in this age of twenty four seven streaming everything. But there was a point in time where TV would just turn off, and there would be no TV for the end of the day and yeah. it would just no show TV. now yeah. it just says the media cannot be displayed exactly yeah mm-hmm. in your, in your area cool. uh, but yeah this is this is interesting i think we're all sort of expecting i think we're all expecting more elder scrolls because it's been a minute since we got one of those mm-hmm. and fallout 4 came out what two years ago yeah, yeah. so three two, or, was two, two it years? was 20 yeah. oh 2016 wow in 2015 I think it was 2015. 2015. Okay, okay, so I don't know what year it is, but anyway. Yeah, because uh, it came out the same year as Undertale, and I was right. going back and forth. Well, forth. the year that it is, is it is the 10th year anniversary of uh, Fallout 3, so there's a possibility we get a remaster of that. Uh, there could also be Fallout 3 on Switch, or Fallout 4 on Switch, or, I don't know, Skyrim remastered on Switch, or, yeah. I don't know, like, they've, they've put, they have put Skyrim on every possible device last year, and everyone made fun of them for it, but it apparently did really well, so maybe they'll do the same with Fallout. Who knows? Quick PSA, um, if you're itching to play an old game with three in the title, and you bought the season pass for Far Cry 5, you can now play Far Cry 3 as ooh. of today. 
I, I love never that. played Far Cry Just, 3. So. Really? Oh, oh yes. man. Yeah, yeah, it's hands down my favorite. It's, yeah, I, I didn't really put good. nearly enough time into it as I should have, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to jump back. I hear yeah. Voss is a really cool guy. Anyway, back to Fallout. Oh, okay. We're talking about, thank you. It's also possible this is something like Fallout Shelter 2 or Fallout Shelter on Switch, or it's also entirely possible given that the Vault Boy has kind of become a de facto mascot for Bethesda that they just use the graphics to package their show like to announce their their whole E3 I think love. The, I think the Vault Boy itself if it was just Vault Boy there I think that would be like a, a sort of alright answer but since you've got the like please stand by thing like they're going mm. hard into like the Fallout stuff but I would love if it was a switcheroo yeah. and then they just announced Skyrim 2 right, I think right, it was right. last year when they uh, they put out I don't know if it was last year or the year before they put out invitations that were like oh come to our theme park come to our like our Bethesda theme park and it was like oh go on like the Doom roller coaster have some bloody cotton candy courtesy of Prey or whatever the hell it was and they had like a bunch of they had a bunch of characters from their from their sort of iconic you know properties that they were using as sort of as mascots so yep. they, they really treat their E3 presentation as a celebration of all things Bethesda so the fact that they're using some Fallout-ish imagery uh, could be complete misdirection or just, I don't know, enjoying that sweet aesthetic. So Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm hoping we find out more before E3, um, whether that's a controlled leak or a steady stream or just an actual leak, <laughs> however you want to describe it, in Gross. relation to the urine. Yeah, good old urine. Uh, anyway. Uh, urine for a treat this E3. Yeah. That's this yeah. live show. Ugh, good Lord. Uh, so Mega Man 11 is coming out in October. Uh, it's actually Mega Man. It's not like Mighty Number no. Nine or anything like that. Yep. It, so happy about this. It's got some Mighty Number no. Nine sort of aesthetics. I would know. say that you Mighty Number no. Nine had some <laughs> Mega Man aesthetics, <laughs> but okay, but I'm saying like the like because before Mighty Number no. Nine, did Mega Man do a lot of the 2.5D <laughs> stuff? Um, there was a like a, chi a chibi Mega Man that kind of got into that a little bit. Okay, um, like a Mega Boy. Yeah, and Ooh. I guess you could argue that the Battle Network stuff is sort of 2.5D. Not necessarily. It's just got multiple planes. Um, but this game looks fantastic. It took me weirdly like five minutes to go like, oh, man, it's not pixel art. That bums me out. Yeah, that's... But I really, I actually really dig the art style. It's really vibrant. Um, the animation's great. It also looks like the gameplay is incredibly down-to-earth simplistic based on the original Mega Man games. It's yeah. not too over-the-top, uh, although like a lot of the sort of particle effects and graphics make it look like they're having a lot more fun with kind of creativity of like his powers and stuff. Well, yeah. so but it's effectively an 8-bit game that looks like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. So I'm down with that. It, it reminds me, like, it seems well, to have a good balance between like classic Mega Man of the sort of level design being a little more simplistic but also having the energy of like the X series yes in a way. yeah yeah he's got a lot more kind of gauges and meters which yep. make me think more X which is cool because I feel like I feel like I love the the classic Mega Man aesthetic but the uh Mega Man X is like in the 90s I was super into it so cool. but sort of since then I'm like ah, just pump the brakes like you mm -hmm. don't need to have like I mean maybe you guys should all chill penguin a little bit you know like and this is I like that this is Kind of a mix. Like he's got this sort of gauge above his above himself, which I don't. Is it like a power it's, gauge? It's, it's, it's like a bullet time type of thing. Yeah, gotcha. You can use cool. it for other things as I'm, well. I'm really curious to see how they kind of cherry pick what to update with this mm -hmm. and what to leave alone because mm -hmm. that's such a tricky balancing act with something like a you know classic platformer. Uh, like how do you how do you modernize it and add something that add? That, I mean, you know, look at like the the recent Doom for instance. Yep. You know, like how do you you know, how do you make things more exciting or more accessible without, you know, either dumbing the game down or just having something uh, that feels, you know, totally slapped together? Um, they added some really cool stuff to 9 and 10 for both hardcore gamers and a sort of much more casual audience. I believe 10 specifically had an easy mode where they put, um, like, 
basically barriers over all the pits so little I kids love, can play. I love that. But they also added an endless mode, which uh, crazy people could play. And I got really into, and I remember playing at the time, watching other people at IGN get like 100 levels deep. Oh, and it was basically randomly generated in terms of oh. like this, the frequency that you interacted with a different tile set of rooms. And it was just really hard and really fun. And watching speedruns of that is great. So I hope they throw in some stuff like that. We don't really know much of that yet. Yeah. I love that but, the easy mode was basically just like bowling for kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they put bumpers on the lane. It's yeah. really, I don't know. Totally. It's cute. <laughs> it's nice. Um, yeah, so anyway, Damon Hatfield has a good write-up about that. Uh, Ryan McCaffrey did a write-up on Octopath Traveler, which Ooh. is the sort of... Uh, like you know, 16-bit JRPG from from Square Enix that they've mm -hmm. been showing off for a while. So that's something to pay attention to. Uh, we are entering Days of Play 2018, which is of course Sony's big arbitrary summer promotional thing. Yeah. Uh, and along with that, we are getting a brand new special edition PlayStation 4 that is blue. Which I'm like looking at it. It, it seems like something. It it looks like something that would only come out in Japan. Mm. Yes. It's, yeah. it's cool. I, I dig guess. the aesthetic for it, though. It's like. How many times have we said that word this episode? I don't know, but the millennials like are all about yeah. the aesthetic of mm -hmm. the Hashtag thing. aesthetic. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I don't know. I, lo I always love these sort of summer summer game events where they're just like, hey, like, I know they're like, they're like, we know you're not in school and probably phoning in and it works. So it's nice out. Why don't you stay inside where it's cool and play mm -hmm. the games? Uh, and of course, there's like a bunch of a bunch of stuff is going on sale. I think they're uh, like regular uh, PS4s are getting a price drop or not price drop, but discount or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there's yeah. some uh, PSVR packages floating around. So. What I like about what Sony does with some price drops is they'll be like, it's temporary. And then two months later, they're like, it's permanent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just enjoy. They're like, they're like pushover parents. Yep. They're like, you can have, you can have uh, 10 bucks for your allowance this week, but don't get used to it. We yep. want you to get better grit. And then you're like, there, forget it. Um, uh, also announced slash revealed uh, the new Lego game this year. Of course, we're getting a new Lego game is Lego DC Supervillains, which... I feel like they've gone through every sort of possible iteration of of this franchise and, yeah. and been like, and I've been sort of whatever about it. I'm like, we we've talked about this a bunch on Up at Noon with how uh, basically with with stuff like um, with stuff like Marvel or DC, you've got this really deep bench of characters you can explore. Uh, but with something like Jurassic Park, you're like, uh, and then there's the Dennis, Incredibles. Dennis Nedry. Also. Incredibles is the same yeah. way. And I mean they're like they're, they added they added Jimmy Fallon to Jurassic Park. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and know? I'm sure Incredibles is gonna I mean, I'm I'm bummed that the Pixar or uh, that Lego Incredibles isn't just like Lego Pixar the game, because that yeah, I feel like would be, be cool. you've got way more characters to pull from. But for whatever reason they're not doing that. DC Supervillains, on the other hand, is a really fun idea yeah, totally. because it's all about I mean, these games are always about sort of building stuff. I mm. feel like this might be more an emphasis on destruction. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you're running around as I don't I don't know, like <laughs> Big Barda or <laughs> well, with Joker like or with Batman <laughs> alone, <Black> like <laughs> the the bench of Batman villains is is hilarious. It's deep, it's deep and yep. it's weird. You have like Clock King, and then yep. you've got like and they've um, gone into Matt that before in like Le the old Lego Batman yep. games, right? Where they would get really deep into some weird Batman villains. Yes. I like that those guys have these like very they have these very dad like senses of humor where they're like you know everyone's like put a uh, put Gwenpool in in Lego game, and they're like we put in Howard the Duck, and everyone's like this is okay too. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's very like it's very like I don't know just it's very dorky and enthusiastic and I really yeah, love it the, so the teams working on these games like you really do get the feeling that they have like a genuine deep appreciation for the subject matter that oh, they're yeah. diving into like it doesn't feel like they're just grabbing licenses and cashing in on them like when when they when, when they started doing like the squirrel girl mech suit stuff you're like oh you guys really care yeah like you're just you're really you've like, lost your minds but it's probably <laughs> yeah. for the best and they have a justification for they're like this was in one panel like 10 years ago and when you're like oh great sure whatever you got man throw it in there yeah I still can't believe they actually they like let not not the TT games or anybody, but they put out an actual 
uh, Vincent Price mech suit as the Eggman from the Batman Lego movie. I'm like, nice. in what universe is that like a good product for children? Yeah. They're like, you know, kids really love Vincent Price these days. He's He makes sense, but whatever. It's Lego, it's Batman, it's silly, mm-hmm. it's fun. Um, speaking of villains and whatnot, uh, Killer7 is coming to Steam. This was sort of beloved. Brian, you love this game, right? So much. I think it was probably on this show or another show or every show I've mentioned that Killer7 is one of my favorite games of all time. It was on GameCube and PS2 originally, uh, developed by Suda51 and Grasshopper Manufacturer, and it's just super stylish. It is a... Um, Kind of like on on it's it's definitely on rails. It's sort of like a, a rail shooter, but incredibly story driven, hyper violent, really over the top. Um, it's got branching paths and everything like that. It doesn't really play like something like House of the Dead because you can turn around and backtrack mm. and do puzzles and open up in areas and stuff like that. But it you, sounds kind of like severed. Kind of, yeah. Like I, it's got I, a sort of dungeon crawler. Yeah, that's yeah, actually. Yeah, I never yeah. really put that together, but that's a good way of putting it. The art styles are kind of similar too. Yeah. Um, and you effectively play between seven different. Deranged personalities okay. in one guy's head, um, and it's fantastic. It's like political and completely over the top. Um, we haven't seen this game in a very long time. It was on PS2 and GameCube, and then just vanished. And over the weekend, Suda Five One at Momocon announced that he's remaking it for Steam. But yeah. hey, 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 Our don't favorite. Yeah, yeah. I platform. mean, that's that's frequently yeah. sort of almost a test bed for getting other stuff yeah. poured over. And, maybe, and so. NISA is the the team developing it, which a lot of people are kind of upset about because their track records kind of all over the place. But the thing that got me excited, like this, this kind of sucked for me because I was like, oh, they're remaking one of or porting one of my favorite games of all time, but it's not on consoles and it's not on PS4, and I want to play this like on. on in 4K, like I, I want this. Give yeah. this the treatment. So I mean, that's that is a, that is definitely. Um, sorry, aesthetic. The graphics of that game because they're cell shaded, they do scale really well. We've yeah. seen that like across the board. We've seen that with yep. like Jet Set Radio, with Wind Waker. Uh, cell shaded games, uh, if they have solid art direction, typically they upres really well. Whereas yeah, no, and more totally. on aesthetic. Um, just the aesthetic change. You need to cool it over there. That's it with the different personalities yeah. and stuff. Okay. Uh, well, no, not necessarily. But they every single personality had their own play style and okay. like weapons, and some of them used guns, and some of them used like katanas. And it sounds like a game my mom probably didn't let me play when it came out. So yeah, I'm not familiar yeah. with it. It was it was the kind of thing where like. The game is awesome, but there's this tremendously deep well of like fan community theories around how the story unfolded. It's very, um, okay. very nebulous. It's also kind of Tarantino inspired, and like it's just got a, it's just got a lot of funk to it. Like the the soundtrack is awesome. Um, I just really dig this game. It's really really cool. When you beat the game, it un- unlocks a whole new mode and gives you a reason to play through it again. So I hope. Um, I hope this comes to PS4. I really, really do. And I think what you said, Max, is totally true. They would have to update the HUD and some other elements around. Because like, when you see HD remakes of things, you forget how right. many JPEGs are actually in there <laughs> and how terribly those scale. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Fingers crossed. This is my favorite Suda51 game. Um, I think if this happens, maybe it'll lead the way for getting some ports of the No More Heroes games right, and some other right. stuff. So, I mean, with that stuff, it's always it's curious. I mean, with with uh, with Super uh, Killer Seven, it wasn't um, it wasn't like motion controls or anything. It was yeah. made for it was made for a PS2 controller, which is effectively a PS4 controller. So yep. actually, porting that over isn't too bad. Whereas No More Heroes was made initially for you know a Wiimote, and then they managed to port that. They did the um, 
was it No More Heroes, like one and two collection or whatever for PS3? Yeah, where Tra- I forget the name of the collection. It was like, yeah, Tra- Travis, Travis Must Die something or something. Like yeah. yeah, it was weird. But I actually, I picked that up a couple couple months ago and was playing it for a second. And then I loaned my PS3 to somebody. But like, that was funny because all the stuff that you were supposed to do with the Wiimote, just you had to, you just had to do a you had to do a so gesture. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they made it. They they mapped it to like one of the one of the joysticks that you just wiggle or something. For so. the audio listeners, we did. We made a gesture. We just a, a rude, rude movements. A rude gesture with we our did hands. Some sweet air jos. Um, <laughs> we interrupt this program to bring you a brief message from Hims, a new wellness brand for men. Here's a not so fun fact: sixty six percent of men lose their hair by age thirty five, and by the time you start to notice hair loss, it's usually too late. It's generally easier to keep the hair that you have than to replace the hair that you've lost. So why not do something about it? Forhims.com is a one stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness, and other stuff like that that might be embarrassing to deal with in person. Person. Luckily with Hims, there's no waiting room, no awkward doctor's visits, and you can save plenty of time by just going to a website. Hims connects you with real doctors and gives you medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss and other possibly embarrassing problems. And this isn't snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements either. These are well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. If this sounds like it would help you out, order now. Our listeners get a trial month of Hims for just five bucks today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details, but this would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or to a pharmacy. So just go to forhims.com slash beyond. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash beyond. Once again, that's forhims.com slash beyond. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. Now, one thing that came out recently is we finally got Dark Souls remastered. Yep. And by we, I mean PS4 owners, not Switch owners. Sorry, fellas. You got to hang out. Aw. Fellas and ladies, whatever. You have to um, wait even longer to play that very old game. Yeah. Uh, Did they say when it's coming out on Switch? Or is um, it just I don't a, think they gave it to fine release. No, though, they've kicked it down the road. Yeah. Uh, I heard a, a whole container of those those little amiibo got lost at sea, and they had to know. make more of That's mm-hmm. probably not true. Um. No, so yeah, Dark Souls Remastered. Obviously, this is a game that people adore and love, but it's also a series that is very iterative, and they always do little tiny tweaks here and there to kind of, uh, you know, either improve or build upon what's what's at play there. Yeah. So there's always that issue with going back to remastered stuff. How does the core gameplay actual actually hold up mm-hmm. if the visuals are the focus? Yeah. Uh, and um, I can report after playing it a lot of this weekend is that uh, it's still really awesome. <laughs> Yeah. And it still it still has that like so I'll put it this way let me to, to give you a brief like rundown of my history with these games um, I only sort of dabbled in the Dark Souls and Demon Souls games until Bloodborne came out and then I went all in and I fell in love with it if you've been listening to the show for a while you know about my history with that game and how it's probably my favorite PlayStation exclusive if not one of my top five favorite games of all time oh, wow. Bloodborne is just is just a fantastic game. I love it so much. I feel like the sense of discovery in that game is kind of unbridled. Um, turning a corner in that game is constantly terrifying and until the point where you do get the confidence to feel good and even then anything can kill you so going back to dark souls where it kind of all started um and i'll say that since then i've also played um stuff like neo i also played um what was the other one the the that weird Fallout mech suit one. Oh. oh, I keep I can't remember. I just watched this. the from what the hell is it called? <laughs> so that Ryan I was I've been, dude, yeah. I've been trying to remember. Th- I, this is so annoying. Uh, was it Focus Interactive put it out? I yeah. think. Mm. Uh, uh, 
it's like augmented or yeah, something. It's yeah. called the fuck. It's like it's, it's Bloodborne with mech suits. Anyway, yeah. like, anyway yeah, we're that all one. we're all idiots. We can't remember. You're probably Damn hammering it. you in the comments right now. Um, it happens. Uh, so I went back to Dark Souls this weekend, and I the was surge. The surge. The surge. Not not, not augmented at all. Yeah. Samsonite. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, I'm sorry. I've been kicking myself trying to remember that. I just watched this Netflix show, Dark, and it shows up in one scene where these yep. kids are playing it, and I've been literally spending the last week being like, "Who's the name of it?" Without actually looking it up. It's also named after your third favorite soda. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> surge. Um, anyway, back to Dark Souls. So Sorry. Dark Souls, I will say this is a remastered video game. Um, if you're expecting a remaster on the level of something like Shadow of the Colossus, um, don't. It's not. This is not like. I, I, I'm. I'll be completely honest. Like I'm a little disappointed with the texture work in this game in 2018, and especially in terms of seeing like the you know the Last of Us remastered, which obviously a newer game, or you know. Uh, like I just said, Shadow of the Colossus, a couple games like that, I think do a much, even something like Wind Waker HD, I think do a much better mm. job of bringing a game like this up to speed. If you're watching the video right now, we're mostly showing you cutscenes. When you're actually out and about in the game, um, the shadows are pretty rudimentary. The lighting is kind of flat. Well, they're, the souls are supposed to be dark. So they are, that's true. Mm -hmm. Praise the sun. Mm -hmm. uh, no, you're um, playing this on a PS4 Pro. I'm playing on a PS4 Pro. And a, and a 4K TV. Yeah, and so the cool thing is that the frame rate is awesome. Um, but like, I... I'll be completely honest with you. Like the gameplay in this game is great. Like it's really, really great. And if you've played Dark Souls before, you know what you're getting into. You probably don't need another excuse to double dip on this game. Do it anyway. Um, but if you've never played this game and you're like me, where you kind of dabbled in it and then maybe died in a boss and then went and played Bloodborne and got really into that, I know that's a very select focus group. Mm -hmm. But um, I just want to say that this is a really fun game to return to, especially coming off of like Bloodborne, because it shares so much of its DNA with that game. Um, and it's got a lot of the same sort of mystery and and sort of being intentionally over obtuse. Like the systems are kind of not exactly pragmatic. It's kind of confusing. Right, you know, it right. outright pushes you away in a lot of ways. But it's got that same constant perpetual you know, push and pull of can I carry these souls back to my to my to my fire, or should I risk it and kill one more guy? When I turn the corner, will this thing kill me? Like I, I approached an area yesterday that I'd forgotten about which is just called the Valley of the Drakes. And it's just like, a, uh, something like that. And it's just like this dark cavernous area full of blue dragons and they're all perched and they're all walking and I'm like, I'm gonna tiptoe past them. And they immediately notice me and start attacking me and I run full <laughs> speed and there's a giant dragon oh, no. asleep on a cliff. And I'm like, oh, he's definitely dead. There was all these souls next to him. And I walk by him. And of course, he wakes, wakes up, up. <laughs> and oh. starts going nuts on me. And now if you've played this game, you're, I'm just describing cool parts of it. But if, I, if, you, if you haven't, um, this game just has so much surprise and so much delight. And I think I've been looking for something kind of grindy to play. Uh, and I've kind of exhausted Bloodborne. I beat all the DLC. I beat the game twice on New Game Plus and everything. And I was looking for something to jump back into. And I really like this game. It's obviously, it's slower. It's more a little more kind of methodical. It's a lot more about shielding and parrying and rolling away from your opposition. I feel like Bloodborne's a lot more quicker, more action-based. See, that's what really appeals to me. I know that it's, it's always, it's such a scrub question, but like, how do, is it easier or harder? You know, like, what is it? But since actually kind of sinking my teeth into Bloodborne and, and understanding that feedback yep. loop and that 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 grindy hook, I'm still, I'm still fighting that, that blood-starved beast. Is yep. that the first one? No, no. The, which is the one with the skin hanging off in the church? 
Oh yeah, he's awful. The, the, is it? Yeah, that yeah, one. I don't he's, know. He's, I'm, st- I'm stuck on a boss, which is you beat. You beat Father Gascoigne, or whatever. yeah, I got. So I got. I'm, I'm I mean, proud of I'm, you, man. Yeah, I'm like, I'm very bad at the game, but I still like it. So I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, um, but yeah, I'm curious, obviously, to find something else that I can, I can sort of brute force my way into. It sounds like maybe Dark Souls would be better for me. I or? think so. Honestly, from way I, the way I've heard it described from people is that this game's actually a little bit easier, or possibly a little easier to grind. Now, I made the mistake. Like, here's the thing about these games. Like, it's all about your build. And so the game starts off, you pick a class, and then from there you also pick a gift. And the gift is like this thing you start the game with. A lot of people pick the master key, which lets you open like pretty much any door in the game. It sort of breaks the sequence, but on your first time playing, it also gives you, you know, some items that you may not have had before. Um, And then from there, you have to basically decide how you want to build your character. And the first 20 or so levels are pretty easy to build up. You beat guys, you bring the souls back to your fire, and then you level them up. I'm sorry if you've played this game a million times and just sort of (laughs) over-explaining it for people, for the uninformed, because I always try to assume... They remastered it. What do you want? I assume that people are... this is fascinating for me, because I've never played any of these games. And so so. I think that like coming into this game for the first time, uh, I will report, it totally holds up. It's totally a brilliant RPG. So it doesn't feel like 2010... Yeah. Yeah. play mechanics or not anything? at all not okay. i saw i saw some feedback that the frame rate is actually rock solid in this version which yep. wasn't the case last gen uh-huh. and apparently is... there's an area that ran really bad yep. like the first time it came uh, out yeah, it yeah. got it apparently was a little better this time around i, I also i had this i had this amazing moment playing over the weekend where i was fighting the first the first significant this is the first boss in the game if you're watching the video he's in the dungeon Silent and he's demon. and he's kind of optional you can jump on his head and knock out most of his health <laughs> from there gotcha. but the second boss in the game is this like awful hairy-legged bridge minotaur and i was fighting him and just (laughs) slashing at him and he killed me like five times in a row and i ran back up there with like half my health and i was like i'm just gonna get cocky and see what if i can force push this guy off a bridge and so i kept fighting him and he kept backing up and doing his god-awful swinging attack yeah and he went to swing at me and i hit him once in the knee and his arms went up in the air and he fell backwards off the bridge and died with like full health and i was i just like (laughs) i dropped my controller and just screamed i was like yeah, <laughs> I was so happy because I was like, okay, I could have grinded and worked up to like level 30 to fight this guy. And again, if you've played this game a bunch of times, you're probably like, he's easy, bro, get over it. Um, I was super happy. This is just like one of those moments. And it empowered me to realize that I can push through this game. And it's got that same sort of level of like, um, I'm at this part in the game now where I have five different paths open to me and I don't know where to look. That sounds really, that sounds And in fun. one area, there's a forest full of these awesome like awful like ice golems and then there's like a basement full of these like needle armed sirens who are killing me max i think you'd be really into it because it gets into some of like the more darker kind of medieval kind of you know nightmarish yeah, yeah. lord of the rings i stuff. mean the whole thing is you're a tough sell on fa- on western fantasy whereas like yeah. bloodborne grabbed you because it's much more of that sort of like arcane castlevania yes. aesthetic yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah there it is aesthetic sorry uh <laughs> drink every time we say aesthetic um but no bloodborne is like or uh, dark souls is like it, I remember when it kind of came out alongside Skyrim, and it was this kind of thing where, like, oh, you're playing Skyrim? <laughs> Whatever. We're playing Dark Souls, yep, idiot. Yep. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you can steal cheese wheels. Um, but no, like, I messed with Demon's Souls for for a second. And again, these are games that you have to learn how to play. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's always framed as get good, which is different from learning how to do something. Mm-hmm. Getting good is, I mean, sure, you can be like, you're getting good at knowing things. But in yeah. reality, it's, it's like, more about, like, have patience. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a mixture of it's a mixture of practice, but also kind of, like, educating yourself and being yep. like, what the hell does this, this, this arbitrary arbitrarily named item I found like what does that do for me that's the thing should I be doing against these enemies I think the get good thing totally makes sense but it's also like it's a kind of thing you only have to do once Mm -hmm. like if you got 
pretty good enough. If you got good enough at Bloodborne to kill one or two bosses, then you're good enough, good enough to play this game. Mm. Like you got good already, or at least you got good enough. Like it's not something that resets for every Souls game. I also, I'm also I, don't, I don't mind grinding, you know. Yeah. Like and I don't, I just kind of like exploring a new world, and yep. you know, occasionally yep. games do get to a point where they're like, you're not good enough to explore further, and you're kind of stuck at that point. Mm -hmm. And you know that can be frustrating, but that's that's sort of just part of the medium, you know. So yeah, it's it's weird because I'm like I don't know I I go to the gym a little bit more now, so I'm I'm kind of okay with like. So you're getting good in real life, you know. Barely, but like you know, I'm kind of getting better at like small incremental victories that take months, and so yeah, grinding. Yeah, grinding. There you go. And so I think that happens here too. I've read from people who are really into these games that your favorite one of these games is always the one you play first. And luckily mm. for me, that was really Bloodborne. But that said, like this is going to be a great second or third, and I, I really want to go back and play all the other ones now. So yeah, I'll keep you guys posted on my progress. You know, I have a, a baby on the way, so I don't know how much like s of the screaming macabre I need in my home. <laughs> but like, yeah, I as for now, if you haven't checked this game out for some ungod reason, like I have, um, get in there and play. Oh, I got a question. Can you Let's, pause it? Um, I've hit the home menu. I don't know if that kills me or not. Because Bloodborne, you couldn't really pause. Yeah. No, yeah. I always I go to very safe places and hide, and okay. then even then I'm I'm like I hear a noise in the other room, and I like I yeah, I went to make a nice back. coffee in the afternoons. Yeah, you come back and there's three skeletons like kicking yeah. you in the balls. I came back <laughs> in, I was like spilling double espresso all over the floor. I'm like I heard a man, he's trying to kill me. But yeah, oh man, cool. Well, I mean, I'm happy it's out there. I'm happy more people can get their hands. Yeah, for and sure. Play it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we get to find out, hopefully, at E3, what the hell FromSoft is working on next. Oh, God, The man. bloody pulley game. Do you think it's going to be Bloodborne 2? I'm going to scream so loud from my home if that happens. <laughs> I'm so I'm actually jealous. If you guys are at E3 and Bloodborne 2 is there and it's playable, or whatever it is they're making, um, just take as much of it as you can. Steal the disc. <laughs> All right. Uh, sweet. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to swap in Mark Medina to talk about Detroit Become Human, the latest Quantic Dream game, which uh, has the androids in it. All right, hang tight. I don't know which camera to look at. Goodbye. The robots. Good. See, you, see you later. And we're back, and we're joined once again by Mark Medina. Hi, once Woo. again. I mean, you've been on here before, haven't you? Never. Okay, Never. Well, we're joined once by Mark Medina. For the Hi. first time. I don't know why I said once again. I mean, I just... uh, beyond. <laughs> yeah, here beyond. we are. Uh, so, Mark, you and uh, Barrett, you two all both played through Detroit Become Human this weekend. We, we sure did. Uh, this is, of course, the latest from the video game auteur, David Cage, and mm -hmm. his friends mm -hmm. at Quantic Dream. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they've been kind of they've been kind of chasing this uh, I guess very quantic dream uh, of of making playable movies. Yeah, yes. they've been at this yep. for ages, and I feel like every time they make one of these, they come a little bit closer. And it seems like Detroit is really kind of getting really close. It's getting yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's what, cool. What'd you guys think of it? It's it's good. It, <laughs> it's one of those things. The more like I go back and forth on it because there were a lot of scenes where like. There's a lot of tension, mm -hmm. and you're on the edge mm -hmm. of your seat, and you're you want like these. You get connected with these characters, at, at least I did, uh, where you want them to get through and succeed at whatever they're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where, but then like it would be followed up with scenes that like were fine and a little ham-fisted, and yeah. where the dialogue's bad, and mm -hmm. you know <laughs> they're really comparing this uh, this light spoilers just because you know like. They've shown this in preview coverage of like there's a robot revolution going on yep. and yeah. you know there's some stuff there that like they really draw to real life uh, history stuff which gets a little like uh, I don't know how I feel about that but yeah. uh, but for the most part I thought it was like fun I liked the characters and the relationships mm -hmm. that they built yeah um, which I think was the main takeaway well, I you, had. you said something very key there I think is is that you you got you you let yourself get into it. 
Yeah. You like you let your you I think you have to you have to forgive some stuff in this game and really exactly. you'll get as much out of a David Cage game as as you want to let yourself kind of believe mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Uh, so that that's kind of piggybacking off what you said is like my favorite thing about the game was like the characters. The story was as I think it's good. You kind of see where it's going pretty early on and yeah. it and it I, you know, no spoilers again, but it's like you know, it's kind of it is what it is, but I, I like the characters a lot, uh, and that's that's kind of like every Quantic Dream game is like how good are the actual characters themselves, mm. and like people like the characters in Heavy Rain. So if you like the characters in Detroit, then for the most part, you're probably yeah. gonna like the game. I yeah. played, uh, I did a live stream with Casey DeFritis here on IGN, mm-hmm. uh, and we played through the first two hours, and she hadn't yep. touched it, and I'd of course done another live stream where I'd played through the demo, which is sort of the first chapter, yep. Yep. and I'd had to play through it five times, so I was just like, Casey, for the love of God, just like <laughs> speed run through this, right. get, get through it as fast as you can, yep. and it's sort of uh i really like how much this game opens up yeah uh, and the fact that it's so it shows you so much like there's sort of almost like a, a literal map of the story yep. yeah uh which yeah. is massive it's it's crazy how much it splinters off it, it was one of those things like i've never played a quantic dream game before this and the only exposure never? i really yeah Ooh. uh i've never played like i didn't own a ps3 so i didn't play heavy mm-hmm. rain i didn't i i heard a lot of like the meh like reactions of so, beyond two souls i, I like beyond two souls <laughs> um, i'm actually pretty fond of that one too i think, I think the thing with these with these games though is that the newest one is sort of always the best mm. and then there's this almost sort of fickle turnaround where you know in hindsight it's sort of like oh that's really corny like when heavy rain came out everyone was losing their mind over it yeah. and then a few mm-hmm. months later everyone's like nah it's actually really corny and then beyond <laughs> came out and everyone's like i think that one was what came out at a weird spot where people were sort of kind of lukewarm about it yeah. and then sort of actually kind of pleasantly surprised okay. and i think with this one people are like hey they're uh, they're kind of actually sort of sort of pulling it off but i can yeah. very much see the sort of think pieces coming the out. The closest I got to this before this game was Until Dawn, and I feel like mm-hmm. the the sort of splintering off Until Dawn does is really only really about how long will these characters sort of live. Right. Whereas, like, if you get all of like they've said before, like the three main characters, like androids can die and other people can die, and mm-hmm. that can really affect. But even if you keep them alive, th- there's still a bunch of different storylines that you can splinter off into and all this stuff. Yep. So that's what I find fascinating. There's a really it. funny thing. Until Dawn is a great example, because I feel like that's sort of an honorary Quantic Dream game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of better than most Quantic Dream games. You know why I think? I think because it's it sets out to make a campy slasher flick, oh, yeah. and you're like, oh, whoa, I actually sort of give a crap about these characters, even though they're very <laughs> corny, whereas Quantic Dream is like, you need to care about these right, serious right. characters. And that sort of sets itself up for you to be like, oh, well, come on, what are you doing here, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, it's very, like, I mean, let's be realistic. Like, Quantic Dream games are frequently kind of up their own ass. Like, they're yeah, very... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, to, and also, especially in 2018, to be like, ah... A very thinly veiled allegory for civil rights. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why don't yeah. you just make a civil rights game? Oh, man. <laughs> I forget, like it's to the point where there's a certain scene where you can like, sort of like, it's all like the revolution stuff, and mm-hmm. you can like spray paint like slogans and stuff. And, and, and there's it's actually to the like point, MLK like, quotes. <laughs> I, yeah, you can. Tag. I forget if there, if like maybe it's just like similar to stuff like no, like, literally one of them is I have a dream or whatever. It's like you're just uh, like Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's really thin at points, and it's like mm-hmm. uh and. Like a lot yeah. of Marcus's stuff, like Marcus is the sort of guy who is leading this rebellion, revolution, whatever. Like, it's weird because you go back to it. Like, I liked his character and mm-hmm. stuff, but like a lot of his story stuff, I felt like, oh, that's weird. That was a weird decision. Oh, they skipped a bunch of stuff that I would have liked to have seen and mm-hmm. whatnot. It felt like his 
his story out of everything felt a little weirdly paced for Which me. is weird because he's like the main character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what I thought was, was interesting is we're finally at a point where these like performance capture performances are they're, they're up to speed. Like it, yeah. It's like playing a yeah. movie and it's incredible mm-hmm. and yeah. the, the visual fidelity is great. You don't have any of that weird sort of like PS3-ish artifacting where you're like, that looks like we have escaped the uncanny valley. Or like the dead eyeballs. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And yet... Now he makes a game about androids. Like now, now David yeah. Cage is like, ah, now that my people finally look like people, I shall focus on artificial people. <laughs> They're robots and then, now. And then you add to this by the fact that like Marcus plays an android who is the sort of the the butler for uh, a guy played by Lance Henriksen, who is mostly known for playing androids in the Aliens <laughs> movies. Like he plays Bishop. His most famous role is an android. He yeah. looks so you've got. I don't, it's so just in like a, it's in a game meta. full of androids, he's the only non-android. I mean, they, I mean, I feel like yeah, they they might as I they also could, shout out to the um, the guard from Shawshank Redemption, who's your buddy cop dude in Connor's story. I really love him. That's <laughs> oh, like yeah, the, yeah, that's yeah. the really mean Hank, like guard. That's, yeah, mm. isn't he um, Hank Anderson? God, what's his name? He's he's Mr. Krabs, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, I, think, I believe. So. I think he's the Kro- the Kurgan from Highlander, and he's Mr. Krabs <laughs> from SpongeBob. He's so also an Overwatch Clan- character. Clancy Brown. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, also he's... an Overwatch character. Who, who was your favorite Android? Just real um, quick. I really love Connor. Yeah, uh, Connor I, I is like Connor's I really great. love his like him and like his relationship with Hank specifically, and yeah. like it felt like a sort of corny '80s buddy cop movie. Mm-hmm. Like it feels almost like. Not super RoboCopy, but like sort of like in that territory, yeah. and it was just like like I dig it. And then I I liked Kara. My, my frustration not to get like super into spoilers, but like I liked her journey. The way like the ending I got, the way that happened felt really off and weird, mm. um, and it didn't like really fit to like what I had done in the past. So yeah. I don't know yeah. if that was just like maybe if I get a different ending with her, maybe I'll like her like storyline a little better. But mm. yeah. well, the cool thing about this is the way they've sort of mapped out the different choices you make. It's much easier to kind of rewind and yep. go back. Like I mean, it's this huge, big sort of visual branching path, and to be mm-hmm. like, oh, here these are the key choices that affected these things, uh, and we haven't had anything in a Quantic Dream like game like this like at the end of every mission in uh in beyond two souls it'll say like what percentage of people made Mm -hmm. the choices yeah and it's it's sort of transparent to be like this many people didn't save the fish well i wonder if i had (laughs) saved the fish if i would have a different end you know it's like it's kind of sure 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 um they do make you feel like uh especially with connor's stuff like the little things that you do they do make it feel like it's building up to something Mm -hmm. uh because like even just from the demo like when you pick up the fish and if you decide to save save the fish it's like uh it says in the top right corner like oh like instability like rising or whatever you're constantly getting like like if you say something to Hank or something like that, it's funny. I'm watching my wife play through it right now, and she's she's constantly restarting tra- chapters because like mm-hmm. she'll say something uh-huh. that she thinks is fine, and it'll be like Hank hated that. And she's <laughs> like, no, like, like I, I want me be- and Hank to be friends. So then yeah. she'll restart the so chapter. I, <laughs> I think my biggest problem with these games at this point is their length, mm-hmm. um, and it's not yeah. that they're. It's not that I, I think that f- to have a compelling story, uh, I wish that they were movie length. Yeah. But instead, they're like right. season of a TV show length. Which well, the, makes, whole, the whole draw for this one was supposed to be their three short stories weaved into mean, each he's other. He's done that all the time. Like, I mean, uh, like Beyond was sort of was was vignette. It was it jumped around in time, and yeah. you could those were different periods. And then Heavy right. Rain was four different characters. Mm-hmm. And I would love it if uh, if we got something like a Four Rooms almost, where David Cage was like, "Here are four different three hour experiences." And when you say three hour experiences, they're 
really, really replayable. Yeah. I'd rather have something that I want to replay, like something that's two or three hours long that I can replay 15 times than something that's 10 hours long that I'll replay twice and maybe Google spoilers online. You know? So are you more of a fan of the Telltale games? Well, I'm not. Because okay. I feel like because they don't like even though they're episodic, yeah. it still builds up to be right. like they're eight still, hours. They're still pretty you know? long. Yeah, I don't. Or... I don't like this sort of seasonal approach here. Mm-hmm. I, I would have I... liked if it was like what you're saying. Like the first playthrough is like two, three hours, and then if you want to get all the different endings, then it leads up to be like ten hours or so. Yeah. Because like yep. after my first playthrough, I'm pretty sure like. The story I got was probably the longest the game could be. Um, oh, no. <laughs> and just because, like, you know, I was really trying to, like, make sure that people lived as long as they could and all that stuff. So I feel like I, I probably unlocked all of the scenes you can. Yeah. But it was just it was just long enough where I'm like, I don't feel like going back mm-hmm. and getting, like, I want to see what the different endings are. And mm-hmm. that's why I love talking to, uh, to people about this game. Just yep. because, like, what did you get? Like, what did this person yeah. do with this scene and stuff? But, it, like, I don't want to go back and, like, try to, like, get trophies for other scenes. Well, yeah. something stuff. funny that we were talking about before we went on was uh, I had one of my androids. And I won't say who. I had one of them literally die in their, like, second scene. Which rules. And, and, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really cool. But what sucks about it is. It, I probably played the game for another four hours or so before I realized this person's not coming back. <laughs> it's pretty obvious who it probably is. That's awesome. Whatever. And uh, so what happens is, is is at the end, when you can look at all your flow charts, this person's just ends. And then you have... So I basically beat the game in one setting because I have now discovered that I cut you out really about only played three or four hours of the game. So I played... I had like a weird thing happen with... Uh, I think when I played Mass Effect 3... Uh, I didn't transfer my save from from two. Mm-hmm. I just it did that thing where at the beginning they're like, "Here's the you're, if you want to just not transfer Here, saves, just here's ask, some quick choices." Ask you the questions, yeah. Yeah. and whatever it was I answered, it it was like it thought that I had a character from one who hadn't like I, there was a character from one who was hanging out with me, and I was like, "I have no idea who this person is," <laughs> and it was operating under the assumption that that person had lived through or had lived through the beginning of of two or whatever, and I was just like, "Who the." Who is that? <laughs> so the idea that you can be like like spoilers for a game for like a game like uh, like Detroit is really funny because it's so it's so subjective. Yeah. To yeah. Be like this character dies if you make this choice. Yeah. You know you don't know how it's gonna <laughs> so go. So that's what's hilarious. I beat the game like a, I pretty much beat it in one sitting, and then now my wife is playing through it, and I'm like constantly getting spoiled because she's doing things I never did. She's seeing characters I never saw, and I'm like. Gotcha. Yeah, but now if I want trophies, like I'm, Gotta you know, you pretty much get a trophy for every time you complete a chapter. I essentially have to play the entire game again because what it does is you can mm-hmm. go back and play chapters, uh, and it'll ask you, "Do you want this to be your new like save, Main save basically?" Yeah. And so then what happens is is you can't go back. Like let's say let's say Connor dies or whatever. He keeps coming back. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't want him to die. So I'm gonna go back three chapters and fix that. It doesn't have a ripple effect. That mm-hmm. is now your new save file. So you have to, you would you have, have to, to play actually, through scenarios. Yeah. So now, if I want to beat the game with all three characters, I have to replay the entire game again. Mm. Yeah. Like it yeah, doesn't I mean, cause it, a ripple effect. It does make. It, I think it's definitely easier than it ever has been to sort of go back and. It's definitely yeah. replayable. Yeah. Replayable. Which is Especially good. since when you go into a chapter, it even has it where you're like, okay, I want to do the Kara cleaning scene. You can choose where in that chapter you want to start. But only specific points. I was, yeah, I was yeah, getting well, really yeah. frustrated by that because like there weren't like a consistent amount of checkpoints in each scene. Yeah, I kept yeah. finding my, like there was one particular scene that I was doing over and over again because I kept getting like, 
one or two of like the sort of worst endings. And I was mm. like, no, like there's gotta be a way to like get sort of the good outcome from the scene. And I would always have to start like 10 minutes before like the big choice came. Got it. Uh, so that was, I felt like that was mm. a little frustrating. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think people are sort of like I think David Cage makes some really really cool stuff. I don't know mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how much of what I mean. This is a similar thing you get with with Kojima, where mm-hmm. people are always like, "This is a this is the one person who made this game," but in reality, it's a huge team. Yeah, sort it of says under one written person. and directed by David Cage. Yeah, but it's and like yeah, how much of the, the next how, how much of the, the the good mechanics were from his you know gameplay designers or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, I think the guy at the very least facilitates some really cool stuff in games. Sure. I would love it if his tech was opened up to other creators. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the sort of selling points of this game was that they hired three different uh, directors of photography to create the different aesthetics for, there it is again, there's that word, uh, the different sort of, <laughs> word sorry, of the day. sorry, the different uh, visual feel of the different characters, <laughs> uh, you know, games. Yeah, uh, like, Connor's, like Connor's scenes feel like yeah. an action cop movie. But like what if Marcus feels like a sort of like weird indie revolution it's more thing. yeah it's more yeah. like kind of mm-hmm. like breathy mm-hmm. in this yeah. sort of more f- fancy lighting yeah but i would love it if we had in addition to the different sort of the different virtual cinematographers we also had i don't know different writers and directors yeah uh because we do have different characters and that would create this this feeling of these intertwining uh intertwining narratives from different perspectives right. as opposed right. to it all comes back from one guy's uh ideas exactly uh, yeah. yeah i don't know i i i think that it Quantic Dream games are interesting. They're yeah. very, very interesting. They're also they're... not for everybody. No, yeah. totally. Like, I'm seeing a lot of the comments, and a lot of people are talking about like how you know it's just oh it's just a movie where you press buttons. It's like, I mean, yeah, they some don't. People like those, yeah. like really, but they're deny not that. Yeah. They're not for everybody. Yeah, but there's yeah. still like technically a gameplay mechanic in there of like the choice and sort of like what you want the story to play out as. And because of the limitations cool. of like, you know, fighting, none of that's in there. Um, you know, it's not an open world. The game is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like, it is beautiful. Yeah, uh, it's it's fascinating. I love one thing. I love is how they. I don't know if you call this the fourth wall. I, I don't know what it would be, but the fact that as an android, you you know you play as different androids, and as these different androids, you have objectives within the world. Like in mm-hmm. in the in the story of the game, these androids have objectives that are not dissimilar to video game objectives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the idea that like, oh, uh, Marcus has to go and buy paint. Yeah. And right. you have that is your one obje- objective. And this is sort of still in the tutorial sure. area. Like in his and like you, mind UI, he's like, yeah. oh, like I got to walk this way. And the way the they story. explain invisible walls and not being able to go do whatever you want is that you're an android who yeah. has a job to do. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> at the I same time, really cool. I think everything short of the different button cues are they kind of make sense. Like maybe that's what the world looks like to androids. Like maybe yeah. they do have these weird like sort of know, prompts of like well, oh, yeah, they, they totally do this, because then, I mean, this is this is very early in the game. But like uh, you know, one of the one of the androids gets you know disassembled, disassembled basically, and uh, those HUD elements aren't there. So like yeah. he loses his like eye or whatever. So then when you push R two, there's there's nothing there. Yeah. I love that until so he cool. gets his eye back. Then the game like then the game kind of like shows you, hey, look, you can do mm-hmm. this stuff again. So it's it's totally like that is what they see. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I find myself less interested in this than I was in terms of setting than I was in I think the last few games because mm-hmm. I loved Heavy Rain and I was actually just re- talking about Detroit's a great city. Detroit's it's the Detroit. The, I like the city. Kiss wrote a song about it. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna lose your mind in Detroit. Become human. Um, but no, uh, it's I love that like. 
I, we looked this up, but Heavy Rain is set. It's supposed to be set in like the very near distant future when it came out, or not near, not near distant, near future. Okay. So there's a bunch of stuff in there that seems a little bit the too near high tech. distant future. The near distant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that game came out in 2009, I think, and I think it's set in 2012. Okay. So it's currently set in the past, but it was the future of when it came out. So it's like 2001: A Space Odyssey, almost. Sorta, of, yeah. A little bit, little bit different. It's 2001. Like, yeah. it's like, it's like that's the past. Shrek came it's like, out. Uh, it's like 30 years. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean, because of that, there's a lot of stuff that feels very grounded. Like, mm-hmm. the convenience store looks like a normal convenience store. It doesn't look like a hyper-futuristic convenience store. Yeah. Whereas in Detroit, it's... Do they it say looks like, like a clean convenience store, though, and that's actually pretty futuristic. Exactly. <laughs> but I, don't, I mean, I think it's distracting because, like, the cars and stuff you see on the street in Detroit are, like, very... Like, they're, everything looks very video gamey, which mm-hmm. almost distracts yeah. from how realistic it could look. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, as much as like that's the thing is in a video game for things to look streamlined and futuristic, it's almost sort of inherent to the medium because everything mm-hmm. is made of polygons and pixels. Right, and right. and uh, whereas if you recreated or you created this futuristic version of Detroit in live action, I'd be really impressed because I'm like, holy crap, that guy's headlights up and and those cars look so real. I can't believe yeah. they made those cars. But in a video game, I'm so used to it that if you made something that looked grounded and realistic in sort of a present day sense mm-hmm. in a video game, I'd be like, oh wow, this feels very very real. Like the the stuff like um. I don't know, like like a bedroom in in Beyond Two Souls, or uh, I mean, cleaning up your house in the big name Heavy Rain is so like I'm like, oh, this is like a real normal house. It's very yeah. grounded, mm-hmm. and I don't see that a lot in video games. Whereas like futuristic cars is like I don't know, it's everywhere. It's yeah. right, super common. Right. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I don't know. I'm glad that we have Quantic Dream games. I'm glad they're around. I'm so excited to see what they do in the the near distant future. Near <laughs> distant. Uh, the near distant. Uh, one last last question you sort of had here is, uh, do androids get a pass for bad acting and writing? Yeah. So I wanted to talk about this really quick. With, <laughs> when it comes to writing, I don't think there's really any excuse for bad writing. It, it, like mm-hmm. if you're like writing for something that doesn't necessarily have a lot of emotions, you should still be able to like think inside the shoes of what that would be like and mm-hmm. give interesting dialogue. Maybe like some of it can be cheesy from the perspective of like, this is how I'm programmed, but some like they do that sometimes in Detroit and it feels like, oh, that feels like an excuse. There's a weird balance to it that you got to find. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the acting though, I, that's a, that's a tough one because yeah. you're, you're supposed to be robotic and whatnot. And uh-huh. it's one of those things where like in Westworld you, you have here of like other examples, like Westworld, I think they do it pretty well because those those are supposed to be like androids that are programmed to sort of break the Turing test or not mm-hmm. the is that the yeah the Turing test the yeah. Turing test and all that stuff like you're not supposed to think that they're androids and whatnot and so like they get away with it because they can act like regular human beings with emotions and whatnot and uh, Blade Runner I think is a really like 2049 specifically I think is a great. Uh, example of how to play an android and be really interesting, especially mm-hmm. like <clears throat> when um, Special Agent K is like checking in and like doing like the readback thing where he's like telling the code words and stuff, mm-hmm. and he's like really stressed out. Like the second time he does it, you see of like the the sort of weird like interaction of like android mind and also like emotions clashing at the same time, and it's mm-hmm. really really cool. Yeah. Um. So I think like. I don't. It, it's one of those things. I, like I don't know if it should be a good excuse for for yeah. bad. No, I just. Acting. Are you saying the acting's not good in the game? Or? I, it's one of the like I. F- I think at times the 
delivery of a lot of lines are feel awkward. Yeah. And I think that's because a lot of like I think I've said this a lot of times, like I think like a good thirty percent of the dialogue is sort of just bad. Yeah. Uh, so I think I, I there's think you like could a also weird... you could also blame a lot of that on the medium itself and the yeah. fact that uh yeah. there's no if if it's a movie that you're in control of, mm. there's not really an editor in the conventional sense. And if there's story beats that seem awkward because the player is making idiotic decisions. Well yeah. You know, and to, I mean I think the performance is as it is impressive that they are as good as they are given that they were made by actors in yeah. like onesies covered in ping pong balls yeah, in when a you, giant when you, room full of cameras. When you like, look at these examples, it's like, oh, it's your you're what you're in Westworld, and it's like, yeah, but you are in Westworld. You're on the set. Yeah. Where here you you, mm-hmm. you have dots all over your face and you're opening a car door that is just made out of cardboard and they're just they're driving a car and yeah. they're just I, like, I can't you imagine have to, what it's like in to a be volume that like yeah. it's you know it's, Because like the prime example of like why is you get some bad performances from great actors sometimes is like when they're just on like a blue screen you know like yeah, the star yeah. wars prequels it's yeah. famous for that like yeah. they didn't have real sets so it's like know what they were interacting with. so like right. i give I, I actually give people who regularly like do mocap for video games and give great performances like super props because mm-hmm. it's like you're not actually like in this environment you're like like you said in this weird suit and you've got to like pretend that you're actually in this moment yeah they have to they have to act for the entire environment until Mm -hmm. it can Mm -hmm. be you know comped in there it's like next level imagination yeah Yeah. no (laughs) i just think it's funny i was watching i was watching westworld this weekend and just sort of how's that going for you by the way i'm not having a great time with it but i'm still i I need to finish this season to (laughs) find out what happens (laughs) i don't know at this point it's sort of like i love so yeah i love that i love that's that first season, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, and then me I too. Think that, and then I dropped off the second. Yeah, season. and then I don't know. There's like, I like season one. I'm just going to give this hot take. Westworld season one ends very terribly. I think that ending is. Well, very maybe bad. it shouldn't Westworld have had a season cast. two. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I, I would watch. I would watch Ed Harris order a salad. Uh, so he <laughs> could do literally anything, and I'd be like, my God, this man is compelling. Yeah. But the second you lose Anthony Hopkins. Um, or or not, I don't know. Yeah. He's a, he's whatever. He's yeah. It's I should probably cut that out. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Keep it. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins is gold. He's yeah. Thor's dad. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 weird to but get that's a. That's what he's of, most yeah. famous for. <laughs> not Hannibal Lecter. He's yeah. Thor's dad. Thor's dad. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's shift gears here and talk a little bit about what's coming out this week. There are a bunch of games coming out, and I didn't even have time to write down all of them. Um, but one I want to touch on real quick is this game called Agony, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is I don't even know who put this out, but it is. Uh, it's a game. It's a game. It's a like a first person survival horror. Yep. Set in hell. In hell. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, so you played this. It's a yeah. I, I played it a little bit. So it's a it's a 2016 Kickstarter game mm, that got kickstarted. Uh, it's supposed to come out in March. It's it's finally coming out. I don't know when Podcast Beyond goes up, but it's probably out now. And uh, the game is it's I don't know. I, I want to say it's it's your typical hell where it's it's typical just hell. like everything's really slimy and dark and red and the creatures. Like, so like did hell. anybody play uh what's it uh hellblade senua sacrifice yeah so like, like a it's little kind bit of, of like that like you're walking and you can hear things whispering okay. in your ear. but it's not like um, you have you have one herb and four bullets you've got to find a typewriter and kill nemesis or what it's not no. that kind of survival horror it doesn't seem very like i think there's like literally one button for attacks Okay. Gotcha. Like weird. So there's a little more walking sim in that sense? Yeah, so it's like you're like walking, but then you possess other you were dropped into hell. You have no memories of why you're there. Probably because uh, you were bad in real life. Yeah. Sure. And then you're going to the red goddess to try to get back into the back into the world. Uh and so you're you you essentially like like the very beginning of the game has you walk off a ledge and then you just die. 
but then you possess another like creature that was down there and then you continue yeah. the game as him and so it's kind of like a puzzle game then it's like you see a puzzle and so like like i was playing on a on a computer and it literally wants you to draw stuff but you don't know what to draw so then you have to go and look for like different symbols and then it'll be like oh draw like huh. this and then say so then you go back and uh my biggest issue with it so far is that it's it's very slow it's a first person game uh it doesn't really the story just doesn't really make any sense at all the game is super not pretty it is super not so good looking i'm actually i think the 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 sort of the design of it is really interesting it's mm. very like very clive barker like it's one of, it's very like it's just it's overly hellish like it's yeah. there's yeah. A, i forget it's who super said this red and it, it reminds me of like you know like the metal scene and like Mid two thousands of like, ha, we're all hardcore and yeah, like, just like that just so, weird vibe. I forget who said it. I want to say it was. I want to say it was like Anthony Birch or Tim Rogers or somebody. Somebody floating around games I follow on Twitter, but they were talking about Killing Floor and they were like, "Hey, I just mm, want you to take a minute yeah. and realize exactly how much talent it takes to make something look this intentionally ugly." <laughs> and I really, I think that totally applies Floor's here. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. This game is agony. What do you want? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and to give like more context, like if you've never heard of this game, it's supposed to be. Be like it's just like really grotesque and there's yep. like just like a lot of like crazy violence and like gore and uh, it's, got, so like, it's got like butt cheeks and like yeah, yeah. butts and other mandibles things. well and yeah. like originally it was it, it got like an adults only rating which they didn't want so then uh because then they basically just like it's really hard to sell yeah so then they they toned it down for a mature rating and then they had this list and they put it up today and it's like here's all the stuff that's still in the game and it's like all this like just like gross stuff yeah uh i don't know it's really weird and then just on the technical side it seems kind of buggy still it seems yeah. pretty early access well, um they which it's not supposed there. to be yeah uh and then it's just like very dark yeah like yeah, I just can't uh, see anything in the game Anyway, a few other things coming out this mm -hmm. week. Uh, Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection, which I completely somehow wasn't even paying attention to, but it's like 12 Street Fighter games, which yeah. is uh, always yes. nice. If I you... can pay a good $60 to be bad at 12 games. Yeah, Sweet. that's a bargain, man. That's like $7 to suck at each one. Uh, yeah. I don't know math. Uh, there's also a Sega Genesis Collection out this week that's like 50 games. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know. If you want to play Sega on your PlayStation... Uh, and have some kind of weird 90s fever dream. There you go. There you um, go. There's a game called Moonlighter that I've been hearing about for ages, which is like a roguelite RPG where you play as the sort of uh, the, the, the stereotypical RPG shopkeeper but it's your night job, which is, I believe, to go around gotcha. and gather gather the gear that you're selling to the hero of the RPGs. Oh, okay. Which is just like I love that. That sounds like That's such like a that sounds like yeah. such a game jam pitch. Um, yeah. I yeah. have no idea if the game is good or not. What I'm if you played as the shopkeeper? Yeah. <gasps> no, I love. It's so funny. Like I love that. It's like a. That's I. I love when there's Where sort does of that. Get all these yeah. potions. Like it's just like weird meta. Yeah. Kind of you stuff. play a you play as a handgun pointed backwards and you control a man who is walking behind you. You're like, whoa! It's the inverted first person shooter. Crazy. No, I love that kind of like game jam type of pitch. And I don't know. It's always funny when people actually try to deliver on it. So, um, also, uh, if you are a PSVR owner, uh, take take pay attention, take your hat off, and take a look because there's a bunch of PSVR games coming out this week. There's one called Oh God, no, I don't. Want to take don't my take your hat off. <laughs> no, no, I meant your the expensive hair VR hat. Uh, there's a game called Wraith, which is a bit like a survival kind of tactical shooting type game. Uh, perfect Sniper. Guess what that's about? Uh, you have to be perfect. Yeah, play the perfect with a sword. You're, you're never. Yeah, <laughs> you have, that would be really weird. Sniper with a sword. Uh, Black Hat Cooperative, which is like a hacky game, along together. 
which looks like a cute kind of uh, I don't know, I don't know adventure game, and then to the top, which is something involving superheroes. Uh, those are all floating around. We get we get this list every week of what's out on the PlayStation blog. Uh, the drop assembled by Ryan Clements, who used mm-hmm. to be on this show millions of years ago. Yeah, uh, and now he works at Sony. So. Um, Before I was even born. Yeah, thousands and thousands of years ago. Back when you were just a mere mud skipper crawling on the beach, growing your vestigial legs. Uh, This has been Beyond. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, Mark Barrett, thank you for hanging out and Mm -hmm. talking games. And I'm sorry that Brian had to leave, but he didn't play any Detroit, so he had nothing to say about those robots. Yeah, no no Rubit talk for for Brian Altona. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the hell we're doing in the next couple weeks, aside from E3, but we'll be at E3. We'll be covering E3, so please stay tuned to IGN. Because we're we're all going to be very very busy. If yep. if I can put in a word, I think next week is going to be a big E three predictions episode for for PlayStation. Oh man, I was hoping we could take a week off. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. <laughs> can, we just, can we just do the one from last year? Someone, Someone, so, so we're gonna just, we're <laughs> we're probably going to be taking a week off the week of E three. So they keep moving all the cameras. They come in here they're like we need the cameras. Like oh yeah, they don't have any of those in Los Angeles. <laughs> Got to bring these San Franciscan cameras. They're yeah. much they take artsy. I'm just going to mention that you probably could use part of last year's episode. But like man, Keenan. Hearts looks real good. Yeah, unlocked is like man, Crackdown three. Yeah, I think that's fair. Do like a roundup of exactly how wrong we were and how we're still waiting for those things. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, yeah, and you can find us all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Mark, you're at Mark underscore Medina. That's pretty simple. And Barrett at Sad Boy Barrett. Sad Boy Barrett. What's yeah. wrong? Just, you know, I'm just that sad boy. All right. He's a little sad boy. And there you, we almost made it a whole episode without you dabbing. Damn it, Barrett. All right. And yeah, a huge man. thanks to Dan Parkhurst for babysitting the control room while Barrett is in here talking about the computos. Yeah, I usually produce this show. Yeah, you yeah. do. You do a good job. Um, uh, except when you put JPEGs in and frighten everybody. There's Dan. Oh, there he is. Yeah, there Hi, Dan. Yeah. Uh, and big thanks to Brian. He's on Twitter, Agent Bizzle, but he has enough followers already. Don't follow him. Uh, or do. And on that note, beyond. 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 The end. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.